Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. The text for our meditation on this Holy Wednesday is the Old Testament reading we heard just a moment ago, Isaiah 62, 11 through 63, verse 7. Dear friends in Christ, maybe as you heard Vicar read those words from Isaiah, maybe they sounded just a little bit familiar. This whole wine press, grapes, wrath of God kind of a thing. Maybe you thought about the famous Steinbeck novel turned into a movie with Henry Fonda, The Grapes of Wrath. Maybe you thought about a patriotic hymn, a patriotic song from the Civil War, a song or a hymn that you've heard or maybe sang many times. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He hath loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. Your friends in Christ, this grapes of wrath, day of vengeance, wrath of God, it's something that we see in the movies, right? It's something that we laugh about and joke about. I remember in the movie Ghostbusters when they were talking about something of biblical proportions that would happen. Real wrath of God kind of stuff. My friends, do we take that seriously? How many times don't we hear passages like this from the Holy Scriptures and we laugh. We think somehow God is joking or using a metaphor. Maybe, just maybe, we think God has made a mistake. After all, life goes on, right? We just keep churning out day after day, year after year. Sure, people get old and die, but the thought of God ending the world, the thought of the wrath of God coming and establishing a new heaven and a new earth, the thought of God actually judging people in a day of vengeance. Come on. Seriously? My friends, seriously. Seriously. God's word is real. God's word is true. And these words from the prophet Isaiah, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, are for us right here and right now. They should be especially poignant as a pestilence sweeps our land. People are afraid to leave their houses. People wearing masks. People getting sick. People actually dying. End of the world? End of my life? Wrath of God? 
My friends, if nothing else, we should sit up now and realize that we are mortal and we will live forever, will not live forever. A mask may keep you from getting the coronavirus, but ultimately it will not keep you alive forever. God's word recorded for us here in Isaiah 62 and 63 catches our attention because it is so startling. It starts out with that end of chapter 62 with a proclamation, a proclamation of a conquering hero. Behold, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the earth, say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your salvation comes. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. The conquering hero is coming home. The conquering hero has done what a conquering hero is supposed to do. Conquer and be a hero. And he is coming back. And he's got a message for all of the people that he has been fighting for. They shall be called, my friends, you shall be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. You shall be called sought out, a city not forsaken. Think about those names that God has for you because of the work of the conquering hero. These are your names right here and right now. You are a holy people. Well, no, I'm not, Pastor. I'm a sinner. I'm a poor, miserable sinner. Yes, you're a sinner, but you have been made holy by the blood of Jesus. You have been declared holy by the very righteous decree of God. The redeemed of the Lord. You have been purchased. You have been bought back. Not with gold or silver, but with the holy, precious blood of Jesus and his innocent suffering and death. You shall be called sought out. Think about that for a little bit. Sought out. You know, one of the things that I've noticed during this lockdown, quarantine, suspended church service is that people are all alone. Maybe we think of them, maybe we don't. Maybe we remember them, maybe we don't. The people that we saw at school, the people that we saw at work, the people that we saw in the worship services on Sunday and Wednesday. Out of sight, out of mind, all too often. It takes effort to seek people out. It takes effort to compose an email or dial a phone number, even look up someone's phone number for that matter. It takes effort, effort that we too often don't have time or the energy for, right? Not so with God. Wherever we are, however we feel, whatever loneliness or seclusion we are in, God has sought us out. God has sought you out. Well, I suppose that's a bad news, good news thing, right? You can't hide from God. 
He knows where you are and what you've done. But this conquering hero is coming back. He's not against us. He is for us. He knows where we are to comfort us, to forgive us, to redeem us. And then that last one, a city not forsaken. Could also be translated a city that is not desolate. Have you noticed the streets lately? There's not much traffic. The other night I was driving down the street at 8 o'clock at night and there were no cars. For blocks and blocks and blocks I drove. The city was seemingly deserted. I was so excited when I saw headlights. Someone else was out and about. My friends, it is a frightening thought to be in a deserted city. It is a frightening thought to be left all alone. God, God has not left us in a deserted city. No, the city of Jerusalem, the city of Zion is the place where the conquering hero returns. It is the place where the grand and glorious celebration takes place. It is a place where you, by grace through faith, are an inhabitant, not only now, but for all eternity. The conquering hero returns and this proclamation goes out. But then there's a question. As the conquering hero returns, who are you? 63 verse 1. Who is this who comes from Edom in crimson garments from Basra, who is splendid in his apparel, marching in the greatness of his strength? This conquering hero is dressed like a king dressed in splendor and might. The conquering hero is dressed. Oh, wait a minute. How come you didn't go to the cleaners first? Your sparkling apparel is stained. It's hard for me to dwell on the fact that you are a conquering hero returning because of your apparel. Your dirty, stained apparel. The conquering hero says, it is I, speaking in righteousness, mighty to save. Don't look at the outward part. Know that I am a conquering hero, and I don't just talk about righteousness once in a while. I come to bring righteousness. I am Johnny One Note with my proclamation of righteousness. This is who I am. I am the suffering servant. I am the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I am the Christ, the Messiah. I have come to save you. But we can't take our eyes off of the obvious. Why is your apparel red? And we might interject into the text, why is your apparel blood red? And your garments 
like his who treads in the winepress. I don't know about you, I've never, never worked around a winepress or taken off my shoes and socks and stomped the grapes. You've seen it on TV. Check it out on YouTube. It's messy work. Not only is it messy work, but it's hard on clothes because it stains. It splatters and it stains. It looks like you've been working crushing grapes. And the, the stain from the red of the grapes has splattered all over your, your marvelous clothes. Our Savior, our Savior explains what's really going on. First, I had to do it all by myself. There was no one who could save, no one who could bring forgiveness, life, and salvation to this world of sin except me. I am the agent by which the wrath of God, biblical proportion wrath of God, comes into the world. I am the one who ushers in that day of the Lord, that, that great and awful day of the Lord, the day of vengeance. You've heard that verse quoted, haven't you? Vengeance is mine, thus saith the Lord. In other words, you don't have to work about, get, worry about getting revenge. God will take care of it in the end. This is the end that we're talking about. Jesus, through Isaiah, gives us a picture of judgment day. Wrath of God, biblical proportion stuff, judgment day. And it is not a pretty picture. All those who are outside faith, all those who have denied Jesus as Savior and Lord, all enemies of the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit will be crushed. They will be crushed and their blood will splatter like grapes in a wine press. The end of the world will come one day and all those who are outside the body of Christ will suffer, will die, and will realize the full wrath of God. My friends, how is that good news? How is that good news for us? Today, as we cower in fear and, and watch the, the daily numbers rise with regard to this pestilence, this plague, this COVID-19 that is leeching its way through our land, through the whole world, could this be it? Could this be the end of the world? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. But God calls us to be ready each and every day. 
To be ready for that call of God, whether we physically die first or whether Christ comes again in his power and might and glory. But my friends, you have nothing to fear, nothing to fear at all, because there is another day of vengeance that takes place before this end of the world picture that we have. Jesus is the one, not only through whom this day of vengeance comes into the world, Jesus is the one who takes the vengeance of God onto himself. Jesus is the one who realizes the full wrath of God, biblical proportion wrath of God, as he hangs on Calvary's cross, bleeding and dying, even though he committed no sin. God pours out his anger. God pours out his wrath. God pours out his judgment on his own dear son for you. For me, for the life of the world. We don't have to worry about judgment day. We don't have to worry about temporal death because Christ Jesus has paid the penalty for your sin and mine. The conquering hero rose from the dead on that first Easter, victorious over our greatest enemy, sin, death, and the grave. And now, all who have been baptized into the death and resurrection of Jesus, all who hear the good news of our Lord and Savior Jesus and believe it, all who eat and drink the very body and blood of Jesus, has the life of God pumping in them. Don't you know, Jesus says, if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you'll live forever. The last verse of our text is kind of a prayer and kind of a proclamation. I will recount the steadfast love of the Lord, the praises of the Lord according to all that the Lord has granted us, and the great goodness to the house of Israel that he has granted them according to his compassion, according to the abundance of his steadfast love. My friends, our conquering hero has shown compassion to you in the forgiveness of sins. His steadfast love, his peace, his grace, his mercy, his compassion will never end. The blood of Jesus shed for the world is shed for you. My friends, Today, when this pestilence is over, each and every day of your life, cling to the steadfast love of God in Jesus Christ, crucified and risen for you, and you have nothing, nothing to fear now and for all eternity. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our victory celebration. 
In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Having heard the word of God, we are bold to respond for our canticle these days of Holy Week. We sing hymn 432 in silent pain, the eternal Son. <laughs>